Welcome to Still Scared Talking Children's Horror, a podcast about creepy, spooky and disturbing children's books, films and TV. I'm Ren Wednesday and my co-host is Adam Wybray. Today we're talking about series two of Creeped Out, co-created by Robert Butler and Bede Blake. A full transcript of the episode will be available, so check the show notes for that. Enjoy! I'm just going to have a refreshing glass of water. That sounds good. <coughs> Hello. Um, the the awkward bit where we start the conversation again when we've already been chatting for half an hour. Hello. Oh, hello. Uh, yes. Um, yeah, <laughs> I haven't spoken to you in uh, 30 seconds. <laughs> um, uh, so, in our children's horror uh oh god sorry i slept really badly so if i'm a bit spacey that that is why did 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 you have horrifying (laughs) dreams i I sounded a bit too keen there sorry (laughs) did did, did you did did you have horrifying dreams (laughs) a suitably concerned voice (laughs) no i just uh, could not sleep um (laughs) yeah but um I mean, the weather's uh, been really muggy. Um, it has been incredibly muggy. That uh, does does not help. Mm. Uh, but let's pretend I had horrifying dreams because that provides a seek into talking about um, the, <laughs> the the topic <laughs> of of the um, relatively horrifying anthology show, creeped out, which returned for a second season. Um, available on Netflix. So it's a co-production between CBBC Productions and DHX Media. So it's a kind of UK-Canadian co-production, but it's... Yeah. Yeah. Um, Netflix took an interest, um, and, yeah, it was released as a Netflix original series in the US. Mm. Yeah. So so we talked about um, Series 1 back in 2018, Series two came out in twenty nineteen, um, so it has been a while. But did it come on Netflix more recently? Yes, I, I believe it came on Netflix a bit more recently. So it was shown mm. on CBBC first. Um, yeah, and then yeah. So so hopefully it, it's still relatively new to listeners, um, or or a, mm. a nice nice um, surprise for listeners who who don't know it because. I think both of us are pretty keen. Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. Um, um, I mean, yeah. it's created by Bede Blake and Robert Butler with inspiration mm. from Steven Spielberg's Amazing Stories anthology series. Um, mm. I think we, as 90s kids, both 
grew up with Are You Afraid of the Dark and Goosebumps. Um, mm-hmm. So this is, for me at least, very much in that kind of vein. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and uh, it's a 10-episode season. Uh, it's an anthology show, so they're all different stories. And in season two, half of the episodes have um, Canadian or American actors, and half of them are British. Um, and the running order that they're originally shown in is is entirely different from how they're ordered on Netflix, um, which puts the five North American episodes first and then the five British ones. Um, oh, I didn't notice that. That's really interesting. Yeah. So I, I was thinking that was a... Yeah, that's, so that's how I watched it. And then I looked at the original running order and I was like, oh, that's entirely different. But, yeah, so yeah. I, I started watching this series when it came out. So uh, just before the pandemic... Um, so mm. I, I could have split my viewing. I mean, I rewatched the episodes, but I could have split my viewing pre-pandemic and post-pandemic. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I like I like the fact that we've got that split. Uh, it keeps things more interesting having those varied locations. Hmm. Yeah, and they are very um, very varied in this. Um, yeah, in I'm, this series. That's definitely the change from series one because I think you know it very much continues in the same vein. Um, with this sort of mix of uh, children's horror and science fiction, I guess, some episodes leading more into the sci-fi than others. There are times mm-hmm. where the show's a bit like a kid's version of Black Mirror, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, there's a definite strand of sort of technology horror. Um, um, I think there are three, three episodes of that sort of focus in this... Um season two yeah i think Um, some of which work more successfully than others so i know that you've got four episodes in particular you want to talk about but i do want to briefly cover all of them mm, Um, okay yeah so i guess the technology episode that adheres most closely to a black mirror formula uh is help uh with a kind of rogue ai basically um very clearly modelled on Alexa, um, and the idea mm. is that the kids, you know, take Alexa for granted, and um, yeah, get, get the AI to do all the chores and speak very rudely to her, and then she kind of wants to treat, te- teach them a lesson, um, not so much in respecting her, but respecting each other, bringing the two siblings back together, um, and yeah, it's a little bit rote, I think. Like, I think we've seen kind of rogue AI stories quite a lot at this point, all the way back to 2001 A Space Odyssey. Um, (laughs) So it doesn't feel totally new, I wouldn't say. Yeah. Yeah, um, I'd agree. And I think some of the technology episodes have a more subtle message and this one is a bit more, sort of, <laughs> a bit more hammers at home a bit more um, bluntly. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with some of its criticisms of convenience culture. You know, I think, mm. you know, what one of the one what what one of the most sort of self-destructive impulses certainly. Certainly, Western modernity is that convenience or death, literally. 
or convenience mm. to death kind of mantra yeah. um, of it doesn't matter if it if it if it's making the world a much worse place or stripping natural resources or meaning other humans are treated in a really bad way if it's convenient it's better and yeah that, you know, <laughs> so so you know I agree with those criticisms but I did think the plot was a bit Philip K Dick by the numbers mm-hmm yeah um it's well paced though it escalates quite nicely and has a really nice uh, ending shot of the curious playing in the sprinklers so the the curious is mm. the kind of uh masked child um who bookends all of the episodes so is this possibly spirit possibly interdimensional child being so it has a kind of stony mask yeah, but it's it's very playful and it's kind of you you see him in the in the, in the little vignettes at the beginning and the end, and he's sort of he's playing or sort of just investigating kind of in the sort of settings of the episodes. Yeah, like like his name, the curious implies he's mm. curious about things, and at the end of this one, the curious is playing in the garden sprinklers. Mm. There's a more. <laughs> A more a more friendly relationship with with technology, um, yeah. And I, I, it was just a really nice nice shot of a kid playing in sprinklers, <laughs> basically. Um, <laughs> so yeah, um, not not bad, but definitely not the most memorable. Mm. Um, and another episode that I don't think works quite so well, but it's more high concept. Is itchy? Yeah. Um... I mean, I definitely like headlice horror. Definitely seems like a a great um, idea for children's horror, given that they are uh, a, a plague upon children. Um, and like most kids will probably have <laughs> headlice at some point, or the school will have an outbreak of it. It's a proper um, B movie siege movie. This mm. and and this one has an int- a fairly interesting setting. It's a Kind of, this is one of the British ones, that it's a, it's like an island. But, and it's an island, and they're, they're kind of these kids are at a military school. Yeah, that's what I thought it was—a military academy. Yeah, um, which is uh, particular. <laughs> well, there's this kind of gestures towards world building, and that these mm. head lice have launched campaigns in the past. I think. So I don't know if the society's had to kind of militarise in oh. response to head lice and that kids are being trained <laughs> up specifically because of this. Huh. <laughs> I, that is what I was wondering. Okay, yeah. But, um. I mean, I love how dynamic the filming and editing in this one is. So Gareth mm. Tunley's direction um, is particularly lucid. Um, and it's quite funny because there's a lot of orange and teal colour correction, um, <laughs> <laughs> which makes it look more like a kind of, you know, high budget action movie. Shutter Island. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's such an inherently silly idea that it is <laughs> it is hard to make creepy, I think. Yeah, it, it does. It, it loses steam, I think, this one. Um <laughs> You know, it does. I think it it's, it starts off like it starts off kind of creepy, but um, 
and you kind of when you just sort of have a glimpse of like you know a kid like manically scratching sort of in the nurse's office and then the door closes and but uh once kind of a whole auditorium of people are going oh no. It is, it is. Yeah. It feels a little silly. Yeah, I mean, I appreciate that it's played completely straight, despite Mm. how silly the premise is. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But I think it is a hard one to escalate because, apart from. It's hard to know what their game plan is. Like, okay, the headlights make people itch a lot, but then what? Like, Mm. you know, they're not seeming really sucking blood you know they're not you know, <laughs> they're going to temporarily incapacitate people but yeah I, I don't know it's it's hard to say exactly what their plan is um and these are meant to be very intelligent headlights i'll add so um our main character can kind of hear them kind of chittering away to each other and mm. they have a kind of hive mind um so they're definitely meant to have some kind of a plan but it's hard to work out precisely what it is uh, they they do sabotage all of the headlight shampoo yeah they do that's quite a texture mm. yeah. yeah the really the, gloopy these bo- bottles of gloopy orange shampoo with like loads of little little bite marks and it's all leaking out over the shelves yeah i i, I did think that was a contender uh, it's not <laughs> not quite my texture of the week but it was it was a mm. good texture um, yeah so so yeah yeah it it's it's it is fun and and oddly reminiscent I thought the Demon Headmaster reboot in style. Mhm. I don't yeah. know if that's just because of the kind of focus on these sort of militaristic activities. Um, <laughs> mm. But uh Yeah, the the well I since we mention it I'll say where my text of the week comes from but I have as ever increasingly mm. incre- oh what uh, Where to say? I'll see if this makes any noise. Right. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Texture. (laughs) (laughs) Texture. Texture. That was me um, knocking two little cardboard uh, boxes of uh, soap together. Oh, that that, that was me rattling a tin money box uh, with a, a woodpecker that um, <laughs> its head comes out and then takes the coin from you. Ah, nice. That's uh, a texture in its own right. Mm, so my texture of the week uh, is Splinter Claus's face. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> Splinter Claus is the Christmas episode of this season mm-hmm. about a malfunctioning Santa Claus robot called Splinter Claus, <laughs> um, uh, who who wants to punish the nice kids not the naughty kids. Um, mm. And it, it's basically one long Five Nights at Freddy's tribute. Um, <laughs> possibly a little self-consciously. I do wonder if this was an attempt to ride the coattails of the Five Nights at Freddy's uh, kids craze, to be honest. Um, yeah. <laughs> and um, the design of Splinter Claws is pretty great, actually. So 
uh, it's a very uh, rinkadink looking Santa Claus like animatronic um, mm. with this sort of horrible plasticky mask um, with these sunken wild sunken robotic eyes behind it um, yeah. and which then gets ripped off to reveal the kind of <laughs> metal exoskeleton beneath yeah um, so yeah Splinter Claus's face is my texture of the week um, I, I did think this yeah. is quite 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 a fun episode the rhythms are a bit incoherent it's a little bit messy um, but yeah, it's it's a lot it's a lot of fun, and I actually thought um, the characters of Lawrence and Mike. I thought they're a bit like if if we'd got stuck in a uh, <laughs> in, in 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 a shopping centre when we were kids. You know, um, you've, you've 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 got you've got Mike who is like me, worry, worrying about minor moral indiscretions in a situation where really he should be trying to save his life. <laughs> And then Lawrence, uh, who who clearly cares cares that he you know he's got got this got this sort of uh, co- co- cockney cockney uh, strut and uh, <laughs> <laughs> and kind of flat cap um, and uh, is it, it, very claim making makes a lot of claims. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'll take it. I mean, I was also a very anxious child, but um. This is me mythologizing you into a more popular <laughs> child than I'm sure you were, but yeah. <laughs> but I, you know, I, I like that. <laughs> I'll claim to be a, a strutting Cockney lad. <laughs> what 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 did you think mm. of that episode? Um. Uh, <laughs> it's a right. It was quite fun. <laughs> yeah, it was quite fun. Um, I did like. Um, I, I liked how. Um, how ramshackle and awful but yeah <laughs> the animatronic was that was enjoyable yeah i think that um, that would have scared a few kids it's a pretty awful yeah. looking animatronic <laughs> um, i was uh, thinking about his his claws as my texture of the week that was a contender mm. uh, the um the shop assistant explains that uh this uh this animatronic like short-circuited at some point several years ago and his plastic hands just melted into Sort of metal claws, and then they uh, stuck mittens over them <laughs> to hide it. Um, so uh, I do like that idea. They wouldn't bother you. They're just like, ah, that mittens over it. It's be fine. Yeah. <laughs> That's quite funny. Um, so, so what's your texture? Um, I went with a texture that's uh, that will come up because it's a only. Uh, it's a, a plot texture, oh, oh, oh. which is um, pressing all of the buttons in the lift in the many place. <laughs> oh, did, did, you, did you ever do that as a kid? Um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't think I don't, I, I don't think I would have done. I would have felt too too guilty to I do don't, that. Yeah, but... but I definitely like. I don't remember like going to staying in a hotel as a kid and like spending a while just like playing around in the lift and like <laughs> me and my sibling being in the lifts like next to each other and like trying to catch each other but yeah so this lift has all these kind of old-fashioned sort of round round buttons and you can the um the protagonist max just like reaches up and it's like just uh brushes her hands down and all of the buttons light up. 
Um, but um, as it turns out, this is a forbidden texture. It's uh, such a good texture that you're severely punished for enjoying it. Mm, forbidden uh, texture. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, this episode seems to have become a minor YouTube sensation. Really? Well, so there's a very popular explainer channel uh, called Mystery Recapped um, that has the rather deceptive title, uh, well, episode title of Little Girl Trapped in 38th Floor of a Five Star Hotel. <laughs> Um, and that clickbaity title seems to have worked because it's got over two million views. Oh, wow. Um, and, yeah, so I suspect that more young people have probably watched the explained video, which is almost as half, almost half the length of the entire episode as the <laughs> episode itself. Um, but I think that's ever the way now. Like... Uh, mm. <laughs> people watching YouTube explainers rather than the actual thing itself. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this is Wait, this is a sorry. Well, what does what does the video do? Like, well, well, it just... it just recaps the pl- like a lot of these videos. That, <laughs> you know, claim to explain something. It just recaps the plot. Like, uh, okay, <laughs> you might as well just watch the episode. <laughs> uh, Huh. <laughs> okay. But but yeah, this is so. This is one of your top four episodes, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and yours as well. Yeah, same same here. So um, I guess I could go for my ranking at the end. But yeah, I I put mm. this as my third favorite episode. It's it's mm. really nicely constructed, and it gets a lot done in its running time. Yeah, it's a really good one. Um, it's um. So uh, a British family on holiday in Australia uh, arrive at their hotel and um, the youngest daughter, Max, gets warned by the boiler man not to press all the buttons on the lift or the quinken will come for her. Um, she does it anyway when she's in the lift with her two siblings and they end up on an kind of anonymous floor of the hotel uh, that they soon realise is going round in circles with uh, the lift having disappeared. Um and they, they sort of hear the kind of footsteps of this monster and Max gets separated from her siblings who um, who end up finding a lift and going back to their room. But instead of their parents, there are strangers staying there and the receptionist has no record of their family staying in the hotel. So then the boiler man turns up and tells them that they were in the many place and uh, kind of hotel multiverse and behind each door is a is a different strand and different universe and they have to go back down there and retrace their steps to find their own universe again um which they which they do and they actually sort of hear max's voice from around a corner and um she tells them to close their eyes um because she's with the quinken and it will eat their eyes if they look at it but if they keep them closed, the Quinken will lead them back to the correct lift. So it's like a helpful monster with some unhelpful instincts. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they, they, nicely, you never fully see the Quinken, right? You, you no. get the Quinken's feet, uh, which are shaggy and mm. 
have curled toes, uh, toenails. Um, but yeah, and you hear the crinkin, but you never fully see the crinkin, which I think I think is quite effective for children's horror. Mm. So um, the crinkin leads them back to uh, to the right universe, and um, and when the older sister asks Max how she knew to close her eyes, she says, "Oh, the the blind boiler man told me." And uh, the sister says, "But he wasn't blind." And then they realise. Yeah, Max is wearing red shoes and not her lucky black ones, and that uh, this, um, yeah, that this Max's grandmother isn't dead, whereas their grandmother is dead. That <laughs> they get back to the hotel room and find the original Max talking to their parents, um, and she's like, "Oh, can we keep the, Can we keep her?" <laughs> About the parallel universe, Max. Which is all well and good for our protagonists, but our parallel universe protagonists are are, are, are now missing out on the little sister. Yeah, exactly. So it's kind of a bittersweet ending when you think about it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, I, I wonder if part of the YouTube success of this episode is... Due to the back room's creepypasta. All right. So, if you look at the comments for this episode, um, there were the top-rated comments were things like, "From the elevator to the endless hallways and alternate realities." This is from Space Gamer seventy six. It all just reminded me so much of the back rooms. And Billy says, "Basically, how it feels stuck in the back rooms as a kid." So the back rooms is. Uh, a creepypasta that was, well, it's still pretty popular, actually. Um, it was popular a few months ago. Um, and as with the ways of creepypasta like Slenderman, there's now lots of uh, game developers trying to make a quick buck of making <laughs> <laughs> ma- 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 making indie, quick and dirty indie games off the back of this. So if uh-huh. you look up Backrooms on Steam, there's loads of Backrooms games now. Um uh-huh. So, yeah, The Backrooms is basically... I'll see if I can find the description of it from Wikipedia. So it's an urban legend and creepypasta describing an endless maze of randomly generated office rooms and other environments. It is characterised by the smell of wet carpet, walls with a monochromatic tone of yellow and buzzing fluorescent lights. Internet users have expanded upon this concept by creating different levels of the backrooms and entities which inhabit them. It originally came, like most memes uh, do from 4chan, um, albeit a a fairly um, inoffensive 4chan post asking for unsettling images, and someone posted an image of this sort of strange liminal hallway space, and Mm. it kind of grew from there. Um, Yeah. And... I I guess really, you know, we haven't talked much about creepypasta before, and I think in many ways creepypasta and the indie games that come out of creepypasta are the kids or the the main kids horror of today, or probably where most children encounter children's horror um, mm. now. And I'm not saying that we should do a whole Five Nights at Freddy's episode because I've completed the first game and that's enough, frankly. Like I'm not, I'm not playing anymore. <laughs> I can't cope with jump scares. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, system. I wouldn't survive. Yeah, yeah. I would expire in my chair. <laughs> exactly. But 
but yeah, it does remind me of like hearing things about, say, the Blair Witch Project when I was on the school bus as a kid and how mm. the actors in it actually died and kind of <laughs> thinking that probably wasn't true, but also not knowing for sure, right? That like, well, mm. it might be true. And when I looked up the back rooms, a lot of the uh, Google, you know, auto searches, filling in your searches for you, um, mm. results were things like, are the back rooms real? How do I get to level one of the back rooms? How do you escape the back rooms? <laughs> so, mm. yeah, I, I think there are probably a lot of kids who, on some level, know that the back rooms isn't real, but also, you know, are faintly fearful that it might be. Yeah. And, I mean, it's yeah. definitely, it sounds like a, com- a pretty, yeah, a very compelling setting, like the, the buzz of fluorescent lights mm. and smell of wet carpet that's like yeah <laughs> <laughs> mm. and so so the many places kind of i mean it's it's like the the wood between the worlds in in narnia you know one of these yes yeah yeah that was something that came to mind actually liminal joining spaces but uh mm. yeah it did also seem to have this link to the back rooms um and i i think this this probably predates the back rooms um just about mm. um so i think i think it's a neat coincidence actually rather than like like i said with splinter claws where i feel it's quite <laughs> very much trying to to kind of ride the coattails of five nights of freddy's i don't think there's anything deliberate here i think it's a happy coincidence that mm. uh, this episode has a similarity to a, a creepypasta yeah but you know i i think that that shows that that the writers, um, Bede Blake, in this case, you know, are, are you know have their finger on the pulse somewhat with children's horror. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No. It definitely. It. Yeah. It. Sort of. It feels like. Uh, a bit like like Caroline or something, mm. just like a kind of myth that feels like it's been around a long time, but is actually just kind of. Yeah. Been expressed in this in this way i don't know yeah um, i mean yeah i guess that you know it's a bit a bit like the shining this you know <laughs> ho- yeah. hotel of endless corridors um but yeah it, it works really well here and i think it's the episode that's most nicely balanced between science fiction and horror mm. yeah Although another one that I think gets the balance right, I can't remember, is No Filter one of your top ones? Yeah, it was. Yeah, I really like No Filter. Um, Mm. So I think No Filter, which is my second favourite, is probably the scariest or the creepiest of all the episodes. Mm. Yeah, it's pretty creepy. Um, so, um, yeah, No Filter is a pair of teenage sisters who work at their dad's diner. Uh, Marcy is the responsible one, and uh, Kira is the more flighty one who's basically interested in taking the perfect selfie. Uh, she downloads a new app called Floor Fader to help in this quest. Um, but uh, before long, her vision starts going blurry, and at her next work shift, uh, a child screams on seeing her face. Um, she runs to the bathroom and, like, through her blurry vision, she sees that her features 
have become blank. Um, and she's been getting notifications from Floor Fodor saying that there are bids on her photos. And um, her sister sort of finds out where it's located. And they go there and find this sort of empty warehouse with massive kind of images just of close-up people's faces hanging from beams, um, including Kira's. And, uh, and a kind of creepy hologram man appears and tells them that he collects faces for sale through his apps. Yeah, um, they're basically NFTs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that was deliberate or not, but they're basically NFTs. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, a good point. Um, yeah, so Marcy threatens to hack into this app and sort of drain all the money. Um, so he agrees to give Kira's face back, but um, it's uh, it's only the next day when Marcy realizes that the terms and conditions of the deal mean that both she and Marcy can never appear in a photo ever again. Um, she tries to stop her dad taking a photo of the family for the diner, but it's too late. <laughs> yeah, they they last one well less than a day, and. <laughs> yeah. And these are very unfair terms and conditions. They um, really are. Because, like, there's no way you've managed to live a whole life not being caught in someone's <laughs> photo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I like that it has the guts to have a downbeat ending. Yeah, me too. <laughs> um. And it has, fitting that, it has a slightly more mature teen drama aesthetic, this episode. Mm-hmm. So... Mm. The sisters, you know, are slightly older than some of our other protagonists. Um, yeah. I, I thought it was really nicely balanced, actually, between these two sisters. Um, the, the sibling mm. dynamic felt very convincing to me. Um, and, yeah, it's a really it's a really creepy concept. I, I loved... I don't know quite how to to explain it. I've, I've written in my notes blurred sight and then uh, an arrow a two-way arrow blurred face i really like the <laughs> fact that her sight is blurry and then she looks in the mirror and her face is blurred but it's not that it's not because her sight is blurry her face is blurry yeah like there's yeah. there's a really weird dislocation between the senses <laughs> going on there that's quite hard to explain mm yeah, I don't. I, mean, I don't it's think like I've because seen her face is blurry, before. it's made her sight blurry, <laughs> and that's quite weird. Yeah, it is quite weird. <laughs> <laughs> like, mm. yeah, it's, it's not like fully explained or thought through. I don't think, but I just find that a really <laughs> uncanny idea that, like, like, <laughs> yeah, there's something really wrong about that. With, uh, <laughs> um. um. <laughs> and, and this is this is the second episode. Um, well, there's two episodes of this season directed by Simon Hind. So this one and Tillybone, and they're both the most ambitious in terms of their direction. And mm. um, yeah, I, I hope that Simon Hyde keeps direct. If there's a a third season, which I very much hope there is, you know, I hope. Um, he's still on board for more direction because uh, I think both those two episodes are particularly well directed. 
Mm. Yeah. Um, I, I like that the, the kind of message of of this is, is kind of a bit more sophisticated than it might kind of seem at first. Like, oh, you know, don't spend all your time being vain and taking selfies. It's more like be aware of where you're putting your image because there are bad actors out there. <laughs> yeah, which is an important message. Yeah. Um, you know, for anyone, but especially for kids. Um, yeah. And I felt it wasn't being shaming about that. Mm-hmm. It was just advising caution. Yeah. Um, and also you should probably, like, check the Trustpilot reviews of an app so before you download it to make sure that people aren't saying, like, it stole my face. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was all the, when she checks the reviews of the app, all the reviews like, it stole my face. Do not download this app. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I really like that idea that all, all these poor faceless people leaving angry reviews. One star. Literally the worst app. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Would this be a good point to talk about one more minute as well, as it's the other technology one? Yeah, so one more minute uh, is basically the episode aimed at gamers. Um, <laughs> so it's the episode I should probably go back in time and show my younger brother um, <laughs> before it's too late. Uh, so I, I think it, it definitely is too late now. <laughs> um, <laughs> So, so one more minute refers to the protagonist's phrase of one more minute when he's told to uh, turn off video games, which isn't the same phrase my brother used to say a lot as a kid, which was, you made me die. Um, (laughs) I remember my parents threatening was going to be put on his gravestone. (laughs) 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 Because of the amount of times he he angrily said that when someone would come into a room and he'd lose on a video game. Um, so yeah, th- this is about a kid called Jack who loves to play video games. Hmm. Specifically, he's playing an MMO called Kingdom of Tevin, um, which um, he he's playing with his friends, but then he keeps kind of getting suckered in for one more minute by a, a player who he doesn't know, who calls himself the Paladin, and. Uh, as the episode goes on, he starts kind of losing days to the game and he sort of can't remember what happened and then weeks and then eventually years as he logs off to find that he's now a senior in high school and his mother's remarried and his little brother is a sassy teenager, uh, which is kind of fun. I quite quite enjoyed that. Yeah, I mean, um, I think um, Tommaso Sonelli, who plays Jack, gives one of the best performances of the series, mm. I think uh, he really anchors the episode. Um, yeah, you know, he's, he's great as a kid who's just trying to get his mother to take video game addiction seriously. <laughs> um, I've noted this was broadcast in April 2019, back when I was 32, and I have to say the gap between 32 <laughs> and 35. <laughs> I don't know if it's the pandemic. It feels massive. Um, the the uh, psychological dimensions of of time, you know, mm. the, the, the sensation of time skipping forward too fast is nicely captured by this episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm definitely uh, having more of these moments uh, now. It was like finding something in a cupboard that was dated, like food that was dated for 2017. Like, that wasn't that long ago. That was five years ago. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean I, I assume i'd say oh maybe this is just the experience of one's 30s but yeah. anyone older than that says it just speeds up so you know who knows <laughs> i start this sentence now and i finish it oh god i'm 60 something yeah <laughs> um uh. but yeah yeah it has so so what happens is he gets sucked into this game and he doesn't realize time's passing and so he basically uh is playing the game when he's like I don't know, 14, is it? 13, 14? Mm, and like Yeah, and then, then suddenly, you know, he's like 18, 19, and he's, mm-hmm. you know, taking his final school exam, and, uh, you know, secondary school has just passed him by. Um, and it's sort of genuinely chilling in a way, like, because mm. um, you have these sort of shots of him as he sees himself, still this young kid. Yeah. And then switches to him, how he's being seen, how he is, a young adult um so there are times mm. where he's kind of shouting as as a young young kid and you know he seems like just a young kid and then it switch, switches to him as you know quite a sort of tall bulky um 18 19 year old and he seems genuinely threatening because you know yeah. he's, he's now a young adult and mm. he doesn't realize how he's gonna come across and yeah that, that kind of the voice changing you know his voice sort of coming out as an adult mm. voice and him feeling that I, I guess dysphoria, I suppose. Um, mm. You know, I, I don't know. I thought that was quite... Yeah, I, I found mm. that quite effective. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's not it's not a brilliant, brilliant episode, but, you know, it's, neat, it's neatly done. Yeah, yeah, it definitely has its moments. Yeah. Um... So, how many... So, we, we, we've discussed... Okay, we, we've discussed Itchy. We, yeah. We've discussed One More Minute. We've discussed Help. Mm. Uh, we've mm-hmm. discussed The Many Place. Uh, we've discussed yeah. No Filter. We haven't discussed um, The Unfortunate Five, um, which yeah. is effective in parts. Um, it's kind of like The Breakfast Club, um, but mm-hmm. with mindfulness. So, <laughs> the, these kids... Yeah who've been put on detention uh, are kind of forced to undergo this sinister mindfulness, basically. Um, and it's revealed that the mindfulness and uh, meditation instructor actually uh, feeds off negative energy, uh, which is a bit like Garmon Bosia in Twin Peaks. But instead of creamed <laughs> corn, as it is in Twin Peaks, it's a kind of black gunk. Mm, yeah. That this, uh, this mindfulness instructor monster kind of feeds off yeah um yeah and she's kind of yeah sort of when uh when one of the uh one of the kids sort of sees her kind of in her true form i guess in the bathroom and she's well she's still like a woman but she's kind of on all fours and sort of crouched and sort of feral and like yeah, black gunk dripping from her mouth. So. Yeah, she um, later gets a kind of elongated, very Resident Evil style mouth effect. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
I, I, I mean, you know, I, I have a bit of a love-hate relationship with mindfulness. Um, and actually, I wrote a, if uh, anyone wants to look up um, my, my WordPress, which is just like adamwybray.wordpress, but if you look at like hmm. creepy stories by Adam Wybray or Adam Wybray WordPress deal, and the top story is one I, I wrote a couple of years back, possibly when I watched this, I don't know, um, about <laughs> sort of sinister mindfulness. Um, yeah. So it's, it's a theme that I, I enjoy. Um, but not all of the episodes compelling, I don't think. Yeah. Um, it does feel a, a bit more of a filler one. Yeah. Um, which is a bit, a bit like Only Child, which again, I like a lot in part. Mm. Um, mm. Which is, you know, yeah. a pretty straightforward story about a, a girl whose um, mum has got together with a new guy, she's got a stepdad, and they're finally having a baby, and she's a bit jealous. Um, mm -hmm. And the baby turns out to be a bit like Damien in The Omen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's the classic creepy baby. Um, I mean, the stakes are really high, you know, it, it's a genuinely bad baby. Mm. Um and, and and also the stakes are high because you know our protagonist, you know, it, it realizes the baby's evil and you know, but it's still a baby, is and you know, and it's a very <laughs> cute, is a very cute baby at that. It is, is a cute baby. It's yeah. a cute baby, so you know, inevitably you're like, oh god, I, don't, I know it's an evil baby, but come on, don't don't hurt the baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So she basically ends up having to. Uh... <sighs> Kind of sacrifice her life to the baby to uh, to uh, fulfil its every whim. Oh yeah, um, so subjugate herself to the baby. Yeah. Um, like hopefully the baby's <laughs> desires will remain. You know, it'll just be like, oh, bring me my bricks. You know, <laughs> I want milk rather than yeah. it, you know. <laughs> I mean that 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 wouldn't be too terrible, I suppose. Um, <laughs> like I, I think the idea there is that that's kind of true of babies anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, really, I mean, is this baby any different to any other baby? I mean, it's actually, like, has better communication skills than any other baby because it can, like, spin the wooden blocks around to spell things out. Yeah. So, actually, maybe it's, it's, it's like having a baby, but at least you could work out how to stop the baby from crying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, a little bit of possession um, sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes in heaven. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, a, one funny thing about Creeped Out is is the kind of variation of the messages. Because some of the messages, like, seem, you know, really kind of useful to kids. And like, like, like we were saying with No Filter, this sort of message of, mm. you know, being careful where your pictures are going and... You know, checking terms and conditions. Yeah, this seems like good internet safety. I'm fine with this being communicated to kids. Like mm -hmm. the the message of the many place seems to be don't press all the elevator buttons. <laughs> and like, yeah, that's quite a jerky thing to do. So I suppose, <laughs> I suppose don't do that. Sure, yeah. But like, I don't really get what. I mean, I guess it's maybe don't be jealous of your sibling. But then she kind of has good reason to be, and the sibling is evil at the end. <laughs> so I don't really. <laughs> really no yeah. just, just, if your sibling turns out to be the spawn of Satan like 
just got to go along with it, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah, you've either got to go along with it or break your mother's heart. So. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. It's tough. <laughs> tough <one>. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, talking about episodes with confusing or possibly non-existent messages, I think. Uh, should we talk about the takedown? Yeah. Uh, which I think I like more than you did. Um, I mean, it's a very odd episode, but, um, but yeah, do, do you want to describe what it's yeah. about? Okay, so so the takedown, I mean, it's about a, a girl called Alexa, who is the only girl on her high school wrestling team, and she gets a, a chain text from someone with very erratic capitalization called I Am Trudy that says she can ask for a gift, but it will... And it will be taken from someone else. So she asks for extra strength so she can get to the wrestling finals against the boys. But it ends up backfiring as the strength is taken from her best friend. And she gets something taken from her as well, which is like her mental skill that she was using to outmaneuver her stronger opponents. So she ends up losing in um, in the wrestling. Um who she she texts the I am Trudy number and says she wants to to undo her wish and she gets a message back saying that this will undo everyone's wishes in the whole chain and she's like yeah do it and uh, the last scene is her talking with her dad after her wrestling loss and they're kind of having a heart to heart in the car and and she's saying oh you know I wanted to make you proud because you know I, you always wanted a boy and he's like oh I didn't want a boy like you know I even I even wished for a daughter, like, on this. <laughs> I got this weird message and I wished for a daughter. And then, like, this, like, sinks in for a moment. And then in the last shot, we cut back to Alexa, but in her seat is a teenage boy. <laughs> Which, uh, I, yeah, gender horror. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, so it's filmed in this sort of intimate verite style. So it mm. has quite shaky camera work, um, which did make me feel a little queasy at first, actually, but <laughs> I, I kind of got used to. Um, I mean, I think... Well, and, oh, is it set in Canada or is it set in Alaska? Well, well, yeah. I mean, it has this very, very specific setting and atmosphere. And I, was, I, was try, I did try and Google to find out where it was set, but nothing was coming up. So I think it might be the Canadian Rockies. Okay, um, yeah. Because that's where the, that you can see the northern lights there, and you see the northern lights in the background at one point. Ah, that um, makes sense. Okay, yeah. Being a Canadian co-production, it probably is. Mm, at first, I yeah. thought, oh, it must be Alaska, but then, yeah, then I thought, mm, yeah. Oh. But yeah, it's really dark and cold, and um, has a very different atmosphere from um, the other episodes. Yeah, it does. Um, I've actually did the, the, the bit. Just a minor digression. I've been. I finally um, got around to playing Never Alone, which is mm-hmm. the game sort of partly developed, sort of developed in collaboration with um, a group of Inupiat um, Indigenous people from from I think mm. that area of Canada. All right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's. I've been playing a game with that kind of in, snowy environment, which is really nice. Um, mm. It's a lovely game, actually. It's really lovely. Um, I'd mm. recommend it. Not not really scary at all. Um, <laughs> and I didn't really find this episode scary, actually. Um, 
which is partly why I wasn't keen. It didn't... I found it intense and mm. anxiety-provoking rather than scary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but I think that's partly because wrestling is intense and anxiety-provoking, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, competing in wrestling at secondary school, like, 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 like I don't know, like, that seems like hell to me. It seems horrible, yeah. It seems horrible! It seems terrifying. <laughs> yeah, particularly being, like, one girl, like, competing against all these boys. It sounds... Ugh. Like, yeah, yeah uh, I don't think... So... Okay, I don't think it's really worth talking about this because I don't think it's doing this. Um, so I had a moment of thinking, oh, is this whatsoever meant to be a commentary on sort of um, trans issues in sport or something? And I thought, nah, I'm not doing that. <laughs> and then it had a line, uh, a line where she opens her locker and says, where's my binder? <laughs> yes, it did. <laughs> And I'm not going to lie, that threw me for a second. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, but, uh, yeah, I think it meant ring binder. (laughs) Um. (laughs) Yeah, for those who don't know, binder is a compression top used uh, by, well, well, anyone, but, you know, particularly trans-mask people uh, (laughs) to flatten the chest. Um, But, but... um... But yeah, like I guess, I guess basically the twist does rely on the idea of like girls, boys, men, women being like a literal opposite. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> um, so if you undo the spell that means she's a girl, automatically she's a boy. Now you know, and yeah, I thought that was a bit daft, but but you know, <laughs> it was a bit daft, but I did find it effective still. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's 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 an interesting episode. It definitely feels very different to the other episodes. Mm. I don't know if, if you're right. If that's a large part of that is the location. Mm. Um, I've also yeah. written that it's like a non-gloopy version of the fly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because at first, yeah. ultimate strength seems great, but then when you start accidentally injuring people and you get a bit mm-hmm. manic with your strength, that it goes to your head, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought Imogen, Imogen Tear or Tear, who plays Alexa, was very good in this mm, as well. That's true, yeah. Um, yeah, it's also, um, also feels quite out of time, I think. Like, I was kind of wondering for a moment if it was set in, like, the early 2000s or oh, something. That's interesting. Why do you say that? Well, I don't think it is, but, I mean, it's not... Um, like the the technology in it is a chain text, and that's something huh. that could have, yeah, you know, they could have been twenty years ago. Um, <laughs> um, that's interesting. Well, I, I wonder if, I mean, so Emma Campbell's uh, episodes that she wrote. So she was the writer for this episode. She wrote that one, mm. and also the unfortunate five, and mm. I feel both of those are in a way the most like millennial episodes because the unfortunate five i don't know like the critique of like um wellness culture 
is something that I've mostly seen from millennial writers mm. because I think it's millennials yeah. who who often try to get into wellness culture and then find it dissatisfying, <laughs> basically, or find it forced <laughs> on them in workplaces, basically. Yeah. Um, and also the fact that it felt very John Hughes indebted, mm-hmm. which yeah. isn't. Yeah, you know, I, I I think you know it's mostly something that people of our age probably watched when they were young. Um, mm. So yeah, I don't know, um, and also yeah, the the chainmail and being scared of, of the chainmail um, mm. is very much something I remember from childhood. I don't yeah, know how much yeah, it yeah. happens now, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's not so much like a pressing issue of our time, you know. No, chainmail. no, probably, probably not. Um, but I mean, it's only really using yeah. that as a device, obviously. Yeah, 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's fine. It doesn't have to be. It's yeah. just um. um it um yeah i think it it feels less less tied to the present moment than mm. some of the others and and i think maybe that's also the setting as well of this kind of small town so it's all kind of a bit sort of old fashioned and um a bit isolated kind of yeah Okay, well, maybe I'll move it up my list. It's still not one of my favourites, but um, <laughs> I'll move yeah. it up a bit. Because, uh, okay. yeah, um, I say I don't think it's very scary per se, but um, mm. it is intense and unsettling. Yeah. Um, okay, so, so so I think we're, we've, we're on to Tillybone. We're on yeah. to Tillybone, which I think both of us agree is one of the best episodes. Yeah, yeah. And definitely yeah. the most formally ambitious. Absolutely, yeah. Um, so, Tillybone. Um, so, yeah, it's got this really experimental framing where it's told backwards through video footage um, filmed by the protagonist, Cass, who's a sort of vlogger kind of person. Um, and so it begins with her, her father sort of filming himself coming downstairs to... Like where Cass had been having a sleepover with her friends, but um, there's like the place is a total mess, and there's only Cass left. And then over the course of the episode, we go backwards through the sleepover, where creepy things are happening to this group of friends, and one is being menaced by a, a doll that says peekaboo, and one's having to smash apart this birthday cake to stop an invisible hand from pinching him, and it's all centered around this. This object is a kind of clay pipe called a tinny bone owned by the new girl in school um, called Junebug. Um, and yeah, so we, we kind of get the narrative told backwards. And kind of eventually it turns out that Cass's friends had played a prank on her and Junebug had offered to help her get revenge with this tinny bone. But she'd said, like, oh, there's an undo powder, so it's fine. Like, if it gets too intense, we could just undo it. And that is a lie. Um, I'm not quite sure I fully understand the whole sequence of events, um, to be honest. Uh, it gets quite complicated. There's something about Cass finds a doll in her locker and, and that Juneberg turns into a doll at the end. And... I, okay, so I think, I think I understand it, but I might be okay. wrong. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, Junebug does turn into a doll. That is quite confusing, actually. Yeah. Okay, so this is definitely linked, right, to Cass um, watches this television show that um, 
that she's like been criticizing online. Mm. Um, like she's an influential like vlogger, and she's been kind of speaking out against the prequels of this show and saying they're no good and insulting the creator. Mm-hmm. And this is when uh, the new kid starts at the at the school. Uh, Junebug. Mm. So I assumed that Junebug had been sent by the creator of this show to punish Cass. Oh. At first I thought that Junebug was the creator of the show, but I don't think that's right. I think Junebug is just like a tolper or a, you know, I think Junebug is just like um, a supernatural device, right? Like Uh Junebug is almost like the titty bone itself come to life okay yeah um and so has been sent out to Cass to punish you know to set the sequence of events in motion mm-hmm. so like, i don't think junebug is like a real person like yeah. i think junebug is just this doll basically that's been you know given life um with mm-hmm. the tilly bone in order to punish Cass um in this slightly convoluted way <laughs> yeah okay. i think <laughs> I think, yeah, that, that makes sense, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I watched this one late at night and it was genuinely disorienting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't really... Um, uh, um, I don't really mind that like, I didn't really fully grasp the whole sequence of events because it was uh, uh, an experience. Yeah, um, <laughs> it was a really wild ride. I think mm. and, uh, one of the neat things about the structure... Um, and they're being told in these kind of chunks of reverse time, means that you get <laughs> all, 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 all the startling um, ways that her friends are got. So, um, you know, you said one, one of them uh, is kind of in a sort of monarchal fight with a cake and sort of desperately eating the cake <laughs> to stop it from hurting him. <laughs> yeah. And another one's been terrorised by a little peekaboo doll. Um, mm. And... Uh, Junebug herself gets sucked into a rug, like says something about the ground opening up and swallowing her, and then she gets yeah. swallowed by this rug, which is a really neat effect. Um, yeah. But you've got to see all these things before you hear the explanation. Mm-hmm. So all of these kind of weird visuals are especially startling because you're given no <laughs> context for them. Yeah, yeah. You only get the kind of explanation afterwards, and yeah, I thought that that was quite effective actually. Mm, yeah, um, I think it's a really, um, um, I think it's a really bold move to, like, um, to make it this this confusing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, um, I, I admire it, particularly as it's kind of created a whole sort of folklore object, seemingly. A whole cloth in this tilly bone that like like i mean th- there is apparently a thing called a tilly bone which is a, a kind of a fossil or something yeah. but it's not it's not like a established um magical item yeah yeah, yeah, it's, <laughs> uh, yeah it's, it's got a lot going on mm. i i really i really like i really like this episode Mm, yeah, me too. Um, and I definitely think, you know, if you're a listener who has dismissed Creeped Out as being too much for kids, 
Mm. And you know, I, I I can I can understand that. You know, it was shown on CBBC. Uh, I can see maybe for older listeners they might skip this one. Um, I do think it's worth giving at least Tilly Bone a watch because um, it's yeah. a, it's a really it's a really interesting piece of work. Mm. And yeah, just yeah. really really ambitious and very bold uh, to do this. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so do you want to say what your top four were, and then I'll do my my reverse <laughs> ranking. Um, yeah. Um, I think my top four were the takedown in reverse order: the takedown, no filter, the many place, and Tilly Bone. Awesome. My my top rated ones are are very similar. So I guess my my top four are. Um, the unfortunate five, because I do think it's very creepy in places, and also as I say I'm a bit of a sucker for wellness culture critiques, basically. <laughs> so I was I was positively inclined towards that. Uh, but yeah, my my top three are the many place, no filter, and Tilly Bone. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, I hope I hope there's another series. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know if there's one. Any plans for one at the moment? But um, I would, yeah, I would hope so. Yeah, I, I hope so, and I hope, you know, if if either, you know, Bede or Blake or Robert Butler are listening to this episode or have listened to this episode, <laughs> I hope they've they've enjoyed our appraisal as well, because you know I do think mm. it's a show that deserves more coverage than it gets. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, it's a very a good addition to. Uh, Modern children's horror. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, I think we've um, we covered it. Yeah, we have. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and um, next time we might, we might, we just might branch into a genre that we've never done before. <laughs> oh yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll see about that. Yeah, but, yeah, uh, that'd be interesting. Hmm. Cool. Um, while you do the credits, I'll desperately try to think of a kind of <laughs> okay. ending message. Um. So, um, uh, thanks for listening. Our um, intro music is by Maki Yamazaki. Our outro music is by Joe Kelly. Artworks by Letty Wilson. Who's uh, who's welcome by Owl People? Actually, has a uh, one of the main characters is uh, quite quite similar looking to the curious has a, has a um has an owl mask but um it's also kind of a a kind of short short sort of person wearing kind of hoods and jackets with a <laughs> with this kind of impassive mask so it always reminds me of um yeah they remind me of each other <laughs> but um yeah um if you want to contact us um we are on Twitter on at Still Scared Pod, Instagram at Still Scared Pod, and um, I think, or is it just Still Scared? Is it Still Scared Podcast on Instagram? Oh, oh wait, I always forget which one it is. Yeah, I think on is Instagram it's... it's Still Scared okay. Podcast. Okay, well there you go. Yeah, yeah, okay. And uh, you can email us at stillscaredpodcast at gmail dot com. Um, do you have a sign off for us, Adam? Yes, I, I, I do. I think. Um, <laughs> Be good, or the crinken will get you, creepy kids. But be naughty, or 
the splinter claws will get you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good luck with that one. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. See you later. <laughs> Bye.